Okay, let's test our mics and our headsets, guys. Uh-huh. Test, 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 test. Sounds good. Sound amazing today. Sounds, uh, sounds just like you, Rick. Yeah. A little stuffy, but I'll be all right. Doing good. You hear okay? I can hear. There you go. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, so okay, so here we are. We're live. We figured it out. We are live. Sorry we're late today. That's partially my fault, partially technology's fault. You're fine. Sorry. Speak in the side. Yeah, you're good. Um, and we're recording our program for Las Vegas Real Estate now for this Saturday. It'll be on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. That's at 11 AM on Saturday. But stick around and listen to us talk. And today as we talk, we're talking with Ben Grove from VIP Inspections and Rick Sandme from Equity Title. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to get started with the show. Let's just jump into this thing. Here well, we go. I'm let's, ready. Let's go. We're going to get my, my clock up. There we go. Okay. And here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to our show. This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now, where we bring you the three E's. Educate, empower, and engage. We want to help you to make your real estate decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld of the Mullen Blankfeld Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and we have over a century of collective real estate experience. I'm a licensed agent here in Nevada. My NRED number is S.00 48897. On this program, we're dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about local market conditions. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, just call me or text me at 702 203 1165. Again, that's 702. 702- 203-1165. Today on our program, we have two outstanding returning guests. We have uh, Rick Sandeman here from Equity Title. Welcome back, Rick. Thank you for having me again. Love having you back. And, we, of course, we have Ben Grove here from VIP Inspections. Welcome back, Ben. Hi, Harvey. Great to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you back. Ben, I want to talk to you about a bunch of stuff. Um, I, you know, I think that um, we've talked about new home builds before. And there are certain, there are certain builders out there. That might be better than others. Can you want to share anything with us about who might be uh, who might be the best builder out there? The best builder, boy, I get that question a lot. So uh, <laughs> I'll bet you that, do. That actually comes. And I, I we don't like, want to burn any bridges here, right? <laughs> Put them on a spot. I feel. I feel like every time we come in here, we have to talk about new homes to some extent, right? I mean, there's just right. so much so much happening in the new home market. Last year was gangbusters, and this year probably the same thing. Um, yeah, so I'll have folks call up asking about inspections and maybe clients that I'm working with on new homes and. That the, the the point blank asked me that question. Who's the best home builder? Right, and the answer is it depends. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's value from all of them yeah. to a certain extent. They yeah. wouldn't be in business at this point if there wasn't some value yeah. from all of them. Right, they, if they're not bad builders and still in business. Right. Yeah, and and we're talking about big companies, huge companies here. So right. and they have reputations to maintain. Yeah, and that's the key. So so the answer is this. Here's here's the answer. It, it really depends upon who's on the ground running your particular site or track. So who's the construction manager? Who's the folks that are there working? Um, what kind of job is the construction manager doing? Walking the houses, keeping things on schedule, which is, which is key. Right. Um, keeping on top of all that stuff. So it really depends upon who your construction manager is at that particular site. That's, that's the real answer. That's a great point because, you know, the same thing in real estate with real estate companies. And escrow companies, I mean, there's good escrow companies and bad escrow companies, there's good real estate companies and bad, but really it boils down to the individuals. Yeah. It boils down to those individuals you're working with at any given time. And I, I imagine that's the same thing with builders. Now, um, you know, I, I know that, that in terms of customer service and all that, I always get that question. And I, and 
And if I'm working with a buyer, um, I will share with them my opinion of, of builders. I'm not going to share it on the air because I don't think that's appropriate. But I will share with individuals when I meet with them and talk with them. And I'll tell them how I see the builders rank in terms of overall customer service. And, you know, the quality of the builds are all fairly similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not they're all doing the same thing for the most part. Don't you agree? I, I do agree, but I, I I bet whoever you're thinking of in your mind is the best builder and the worst builder. Right. I can probably take you to a track here in the city and show you where the best is doing a poor job, and what you may think is the worst might be doing a really good job. I'm and sure it, you're it goes right. Back to what we were just talking. Your mind would be very general. It would. Yeah. Be, you're exactly right, and might be somewhat prejudiced to a certain extent. But yes, it, it is. Okay, so um, when you you get through your orientation, what what should what should a buyer be doing during their orientation? What what's the process for a buyer? I mean, I, I know the builder is going to try to point them in a certain direction, but tell us what you think the process should be. Well, even before your orientation, so we mentioned the construction manager. So, if folks going to look at new homes, the first person they probably talk to is a sales agent, mm-hmm. key person, because you're going to have contact with that person all through the process of buying your home. The construction manager is the person you do not want to overlook. Right. Okay, so so as, as soon as you possibly can, foster a relationship with your construction manager. Okay. Um, because they're going to be in charge of what's going on with your home day to day. And um, they're, they're, they're going to be working on the home. Um, so if you have questions about the progress, the process, the construction manager is the person that you want to talk to. Makes perfect sense. I mean, and, and you know, we're dealing with salespeople most of the time, the people in the trailers or in the model homes or whatever, and we're dealing with them. But it's the guy, you know, it's the guy on point. And the guy who's doing that walkthrough for you, you know, that's the guy you're going to be dealing with for probably the next year in, yeah. all, in all likelihood, right? Yeah, and if you're checking in with your home, so if you're having the house build and you're, you're there through the process and you're checking in with the home, um, it, it doesn't hurt to say hello to them, you know, how's yeah. things going? Because of what that's going to do, that's going to keep everything on track for you. Yeah. So when you get down to orientation yeah. day... It's not a complete surprise. You're going to have a, uh, hopefully a completely finished home, not one that's that's not ready to go, which happened yeah. way more. This last year we talked about how busy things have been. Yeah. Way more than you can possibly imagine. Somebody gets down to orientation, the home's not done. Yeah. Oh, I've, I have seen that quite a bit. And, and and or you do the orientation and you come to, yeah you come to that realization that gee well the appliances aren't here yet you know and we can't really you know can I, I can't test my oven and I can't you know test all these things that I need to test so yeah I've, I've seen that happen and I think it's you know it's it's a labor issue mostly it used to, it was a supply chain issue for a while but I think that's kind of dissipated I just think they're too busy yeah there's too many things they don't have enough help I mean yeah. look look what we experienced yeah on these buildings oh right? yeah right the exact same thing brand new just, buildings here yeah. Yeah, I, I don't put any of the blame rarely on on the construction manager. The people who are there working, the construction manager, the supers, uh, they're really doing the best job they could possibly be. Sure. And I'm I'm not even hard on builders, you know, because I'll have clients call me or potential clients call me and say, you know, I, I'd like to hire you as an inspector, but I really like my my builder. I like my sales agent. I don't want to offend them. Yeah. Is 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 my construction <laughs> manager going to get mad at me because you're working? And 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 no, not the way we do it. Not the way we do it. No, because, I've seen you do it. Because no. we're, we're, we're all there for the same thing. We just want to get the house done. We want to get everything complete. And the builders, a lot of times, are, are really receptive to what I have for them because they're saying, okay, get in there, get it done, give me the list as fast as you can because they want to jump on it and get this stuff done. Indeed. You know, I, I've seen Ben operate like this, guys, and here's what he does is he's going to look for the problems and he's going to point them out to the buyer and, and the builder and everybody else. But he's also reinforcing the positive elements that the builder's already built into the home. Hey, this looks really good or that. You know, and, and so... It, 
it's nice hearing from a third party that you're buying a quality product. Hmm? That's key. And so it's not just negative. Right. Uh, I've seen Ben doing it. He'll give him some positive reinforcement too. Because hey, yeah, this is a nice. This floor is actually laid very well. Well, you know, it's yeah. also it's shocking that the trust factor that goes into the builders from a consumer to the builder. Yeah. Most consumers have never built a home. Literally swung a hammer, built a home. Yeah. They're relying on the builder and everything the builder's telling them that they're going to believe and be truthful. True. So it, it's you know having that third yeah. party come in and say. The positives is really important. I think so, and I think that you know, and Ben. I think Ben does a good job of that. So, so hiring Ben to do your new home inspection is not going to offend, and if it does, too bad. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you, you, we all need to be subject to some level of scrutiny. You know, we all we all are, and there's no reason not to bring a third party like Ben in to take a look at your house and make sure it's right. When you buy a car, you're not going to just say, "Well, I think that this used car is fine." You know, you're going to bring in a mechanic and look at it and make sure it's mm-hmm. right. Should be the same thing when you're buying a home. A huge investment. Right. Come on, you should do the right thing. So, okay, so that's on new homes. Let's talk about the general idea of of finding Ben or another inspector. You know, there's a process of finding an inspector. What what should people look for when they're looking for a home inspector, Ben? What are the things that, that you think they need to be seeking? Yeah, there really is. Whether you're buying a new home or a resale home, you're going to get down to that point where you're going to have to uh, try to find an inspector to help you. Um, it usually starts with a referral process. Mm-hmm. So your agent may say to you, here's a few different inspectors who I know, you know, take a look at them, um, you know, do some, do some homework. Well, yeah. what, what does, what does that mean exactly? Does that mean, does that mean to go online and look at reviews? Uh, maybe you have a relative who used somebody in the past that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, online reviews are heavily manipulated, of course. I think everybody Indeed. knows that. Indeed. Um, yes. So the, one of the most important things you can do is call the inspector directly and just have a conversation with them. Yeah. And um, I think that's a great idea. You know, you're, I mean, you need to be able to trust the inspector, just like we were talking about before. You need to be able to trust an inspector. It's incredibly important that, that you're finding somebody who's first competent, and 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 going to do the, do right by you, uh, but also understand the process of an inspection and know everything they need to be looking for. Um, okay, well, look, I think um, as I as, as we have several inspectors that we rec- we can't recommend one right. as a realtor. I can't say okay, everybody needs to use Ben. Now I, uh, we use Ben a lot. We like Ben a lot, and we would recommend him. But we can't. I'm not allowed to say hey, this is who you need to use. It's up to the buyer. It's your call, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer. So if you're out there and your agent recommends an inspector, but you want to use Ben. You can use Ben. You, it's your choice, not the not the agent's choice. I just want to make sure everyone out there listening understands that. Hey, guys, we're coming up on a break. We're going to run a few quick commercials and come right back. we got a lot more to talk about, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. That was good. Windows. Windows. Okay. I think we should save Windows. We can save Windows. Yeah. Yeah. Let's save it. I liked that because we can do a whole segment on uh, like new home inspections. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a great video. Okay, cool. Um, let me have my mouse and pad. I'm going to need it. Thank you. Okay. Um, shoot. Go to... Um, the Chrome and, and click on the one with equity. Uh, you'll see, just, just go to the bottom of the screen on the Chrome, you'll see two different Chrome outlooks. Click on the one with equity, it'll pop up on my screen. I can't see it from here. There you go. Perfect. Thanks. Okay, so now we'll do Rick's segment. What am I talking about? 
<clears throat> you, know, you know, cybersecurity. How's that? Huh? You want to go cybersecurity? Absolutely. Always. Always. Okay. Here we go. Segment two. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. You ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. And let me remind you that as you listen to Ben and you're saying, gee, I'm buying a home and I'd like to hire Ben as my inspector. Or I'd like to talk to him about inspecting my property. Go ahead and text his name to me. Text Ben to 702-203-1165. I'll put you in touch with him, and he'll help you with your home inspection needs. In the meantime, let's talk to Rick Senemi at Equity. Rick, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. and long we talk time. A long time, yeah. Not that long, but long. <laughs> um, uh, but but, but we, all, we, we come back to uh, wire fraud quite a bit. But let's talk about cybersecurity in general. Let's talk about cybersecurity because it's such a big deal for those of us in the real estate industry because right. these are some of the biggest, if not the biggest transactions people do. Definitely the biggest transactions that for yeah. 99% of the people in the, in the yeah. country, yep. purchasing a property or selling a property is the largest transaction in terms of dollars yeah. that they do. So, yeah. um, and, and like Harvey said, our industry is in general gets attacked all the time as far as, we'll just call them bad guys. Yeah. Um, but mainly people trying to intercept other other people's money yeah um, through wiring of funds uh, to these bad guys right um, give you an example um, we had a recent this is a recent transaction so a recent transaction where everything went fine we closed everything was good we got an email that said oh by the way i needed to change where you're going to send my money to this one was in particular a little bit different because we weren't sending them anywhere they were picking up a check Oh, so we, we knew, and we didn't do anything with it. We didn't even act on it. We we cut the check we had at our front desk. Right. Sellers came into the office, and we printed the email, and we showed them. We said, you know, look, I, you, you need to go into your email and, and check and see because we've been able to narrow down that. It's not us. It's your email that's been compromised. And normally it is the consumer because they have the weak, they're the weakest link in the security chain. Their emails are wide Correct. open. Correct. Consumer, yep. and then it goes down the line into, into the companies, whether their websites or their emails are hosted or not hosted. Right, right. So in this particular situation, the bad guy was monitoring emails from the consumer mm-hmm. and, in, in my opinion, didn't see any wire transfer language in the emails because there wasn't any right the sellers came in they asked for a check we closed we cut the check but he knew there was a closing but he date. knew there was a closing date that's it so they emailed and that was you know for years we've been talking about them being in the in your email and you really can't prove that they are this particular case you could tell that they were because Clearly. yeah they knew exactly when the email they knew we sent the recording confirmation email and the email came right back 10 minutes later that stated Please uh, wire the money to the above to the below wiring instructions, and that was it. Wow! Didn't say, oh, I'm not going to pick up a check anymore. Yeah. Like there yeah. was nothing. So yeah. yeah, we did a little bit of tracing, and it came from the the seller's email. The email matched. Wow! So when they came in, we had we showed them. They said we didn't send that email. I said look, it came from your email. Our IT person showed uh, a website that we use. It's called. Um, are you pwned? Um, okay. And you can put your email address into that. And it basically tracks all the security breaches that that email address has had through wow. multiple companies. You know, like so-and-so's data was breached. Right. Are you part of it? We, we use our email. I, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this. We use our email as a login for everything. Everything. 
Right. So people know our email. That's most, easy. Most companies switched their username to emails years ago because right. everyone remembers that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we were able to we were able to help the seller in this situation make sure that they they got their money, which they were going to get it anyway because right. they checked. Right. And then also they went into their email settings. Our IT person helped them out and. There indeed was a forwarding issues. or something. There yeah. was forwarding. Um, they did a scan of the email. Probably, wow. probably viruses on the computer. So, mm. we talk about cybersecurity. There's been a lot of attacks in our industry with other companies, um, whether it be mortgage companies, title companies, uh, you know, even real estate companies have been compromised. HOAs have been compromised. So it, it's going to happen to people. It's like it, it, it's too hard to stop it yeah it's just at what level is it going to happen to you yes yeah, so you so we've talked about this before you have to assume that somebody bad it, is watching your email all the time just, just assume just it. assume that yeah everything that you're doing on email somebody's watching it. yeah so when you're dealing with you know with the cybersecurity, there's a couple tips that we tell people okay. one make sure an email we've and i said this on the air before go into your email settings make sure you have no forwards on your email should not, if you didn't set up a forward to forward your email to somebody or any rules that are interesting that you're like, what is that? Right. Then you need to double check that. That's usually if any web-based email, I'm talking Yahoo, Gmail, Hotmail, all the ones that people get for free. Right. Go into your settings. You can see if there's a forward set up. Yep. Second thing is you're using a computer, obviously, for your emails or phone or tablet. Make sure you have some sort of malware or antivirus security on those devices, yeah, um, it, it's it's a challenge to keep them updated because yeah. we get a lot of viruses on a daily basis that our IT person will say not in virus definitions, meaning they haven't even caught up to it yet. Right. So just make sure that you have something because for the most part, it's not the A team coming after the consumer; it's the B and the C team. <laughs> right. So the you, A team's going after the big guys. A team's going after the big guys. Right. A governments, going, major yeah. corporations. That's exactly right. the right. B and C people are going after the individuals. Right. And most of the stuff that they use is in virus definition. So make okay. sure that you are. And then the common sense factor comes in. If somebody sent you an email, you have no idea who it is, and it has a bunch of links in it. Don't click on the links. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. It may because there's certain situations where you clicking on that link set off a program in the background that the link didn't go anywhere. Yeah, might come up on a page that says it's bad, but what it did is it went into your email and it did a forward, and you didn't even know about it. Yeah, so make sure that you're not clicking on anything that you're not sure who it's from. Yeah, I get like I'm you know, I'm a realtor and I get a lot of emails, a lot of propositions, you right. know, and I get email and I get this one email. This this keeps coming back. Hi. Hi Harvey, I'm wondering if you can help me buy the home. Here's the home I'm looking at, and there's a there's a link down there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, and I reply immediately. I'm sorry, I cannot click on this link. Do you want to just send me the address, or do you want to give me a call? Here's my phone number, and I, then they disappear. It just I, they don't so, respond to you. Yeah, how about oh, okay. that? Jeez. It's amazing. I wish there was a way we could get to the other side and see who that is. Right? <laughs> Very true. Very right? true. Wouldn't that and, be great? And the interesting thing too is is that what we have been told. I, I can't validate this, but coming from a pretty reliable source talking uh-huh. been to conferences with the fbi speaking metro mm-hmm. here in town you know wire fraud itself is a billion dollar industry, industry. yeah I've heard it's, you not, say it's not a a mom and pop it's in the garage <laughs> yeah it's not a hobby these are companies yeah that are set up as a laundromat right and that have 20 people in the back with computers who are going after people looking for that big paycheck and then as soon as they get caught 
or suspicion, pack up and go somewhere else. Right. So it's not, it's not, don't think of it as individuals, and there are. Right. But the, the, the big guys are companies yeah. that are trying to attack other companies and steal money. And think about it this way, guys. We're, this is a real estate show, so we talk about this a lot. And why is that? Because real estate, again, as we said at the beginning, it's the biggest financial uh, transaction you're going to be involved with in your lifetime. That's right. And that's the one they want. They don't, they're not, they don't care if they, they don't want to steal your grocery money. No. They want to steal the money you're going to get from your house. Exactly. That's what they're trying to do, guys. So be very, very careful. One of the reasons we do this show is to rem- con- we can constantly remind people of this because it's so important. It's really, really, and I don't want to scare people away from real estate. That's why no, we do this. We've put a lot of protections in place too for sellers to do identity yeah. verifications. Now um, we've implemented new systems to where they can transmit their instructions to us securely. Um, we've put situations in where look, we won't, we won't give you a wire. We'll cut a check. Here you go. Yeah. Here's a check. Yeah. Um, you know, so we we have to make those decisions, and the consumers. Sometimes they're not happy with the decisions we make to get them their money. Right. But at the end of the day, they're getting their money securely and safely, and that's important. Yep. I mean, look, guys, as you're, as you're hearing this and you're hearing Rick talk about cybersecurity and you're wondering, you know, does your, does your escrow company or if you're involved in a transaction, do you maybe need some help? You want to talk to Rick or maybe have equity do your transaction because they have tremendous security. They do a, a higher level of security than I've seen it from anybody else. Then just go ahead and text Rick to me. He'll talk to you, 702-203-1165. In the meantime, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour, guys, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. We've got so much more to talk about, so just stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll do three. Okay, I've got... I've got... Oh, there I am. Okay. Let's shrink that. I need to no. Let's when I'm when I'm done with this article, I'm going to need to get to the other one. So you're going to see. You see, there's another PDF too, and I don't know. I don't know how to get out of this one to the other one. That's my problem. So Las Vegas upholds eighteen something hundred eighty thousand dollar penalty. Yes. So yes. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So when so when I so when we get to that, let me, you know, when I'm done with this, I'm going to say, hey, Carly, switch me to the other one. Okay. okay. So here we go, segment three. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Uh, with me now in studio, we have Ben Grove here from VIP Inspections and Rick Sandman here from Equity Title. Guys, I found this article in the paper this past week uh, written by Sean Hammersmeyer of the, of the RJ. The headline being, Why Las Vegas Real Estate Experts Say the Market Will Be Strong in 2024. I think it's important for people to understand. You know, we, we don't like to um, project too much, but we do have history. We have data. We have things that we're looking at to decide 
what we think is going to happen in the market. And it's important for people to know as they're thinking about buying or selling. It's important for them to understand it. But what I, this, is, this comes out of a, uh, a, a, a conference that they had recently where – oh, what just happened? Okay. I don't know. I just lost my screen. Forgive me, guys. Hold stop real quick, Herb. Give me back to that. Okay. Um, can I scroll? Yeah. We're going to have to start over, guys. I'm sorry. How did it, why did it jump off? What happened? Here I am. Okay, so. View. Where I was. What the, what's that? That's a motorcycle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going to start the segment over, guys. So bear with me. Um, let's see. If I do large. No. I have to do full screen. Okay, so then, so then after I'm done with this, so I can just click and go screen to screen. Okay, but then when I'm done, that's when I need you to switch it. Okay, okay. all right. So we'll do. We'll try it again. Segment three. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, we have Ben Grove here from VIP Inspections. We also have Rick Sanemi here from Equity Title. Guys, I found this article this past week written in the RJ by Sean Hammersmeyer. The headline being, Why Las Vegas Real Estate Experts Say the Market Will Be Strong in 2024. Now, as we look ahead to 2024... You know, we looked at the experts to help us figure out what they think might happen. And this particular article, they're talking about um, a, a conference that they had recently where the NAOP, uh, Southern Nevada Chapter panel discussion, talked about our market and what's happening. And their impression is is that we're going to see things happen big here for a lot of reasons. And one of the things that they're looking at is they're looking at commercial space. It's interesting. They've talked a lot about commercial space. They believe we're going to have a lot of Class A office. We're going to have a lot of... Uh, other types of commercial uh, real estate really blossom in 2024. Now, why are they saying that? They're saying, well, part of it is as, as a result of what our market involves. First of all, Nevada with no state income tax becomes very attractive, particularly to some of the adjoining states. Um, the other thing that happens is, is that you know, we're very business friendly. Well, what does that mean to homeowners? Well, I mean, the more businesses, the more jobs. Right. The more jobs, the better off we're going to be overall. And the more diverse our economy. Our economy has always been strongly, you know, heavily dependent upon the entertainment and, and, and resort industry. Um, and it's nice to see that they're, they're looking at it this way. And they're seeing a lot more business coming here for a lot of reasons. Uh, and so as I look at this, have you, I, I mean, here we are in a brand new building ourselves. <laughs> True. You know, we're in a brand new building here in Summerlin. We moved up here. My office was on Sahara. Now we're out here. Right, I'm looking right out of the screen. I'm looking out of the Summerlin Parkway and, and the strip off in the distance. 
And so this is a, another commercial building that, that seemed to be going up all over the valley. And that's kind of counterintuitive to what we thought might happen out of the pandemic, isn't it? Didn't we think everybody was going to be working from their home? Well, we thought that that, was, that trend would continue, and now we're seeing the exact opposite. I mean, yeah, we we had sent you know thirty percent of our workforce home, and we're down to four people working from home now. Yeah, so now they're all pretty much back into the office, and you need space. But I think one of the things too, from a from a office standpoint, is my my main office. We've been three tenants have been in that building for the last eight years. They recently leased all the other space out at the same time. Oh, wow. So now we're at 100% occupancy in that building. So you're starting to see the momentum start and and really build into what this article is talking about is the growth factor. And yeah. people being comfortable with signing leases again, getting office space for their employees. And I think employers have taken a different perspective of work environment, too. To make it a little more comfortable. Yes. Right? I mean, there's a there's an emphasis now. I mean, people watch the movies. They see the Google you know, Google campus and right. people, you know, playing ping pong and shooting pool at work and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I think that it's had an impact on employers in general to try to create a more, you know, happy environment at work. Does that does that make sense? I mean, I think that's what's happened. Because they saw that they were people who like, prefer working from home, but they really like having them all in one space so they can collaborate. And so there's a challenge there yeah, as an I mean, employer. There's benefits for for all of it, but I think at the end of the day, if you're an employer and you are responsible to lead a group of people that aren't there, how you know it, you can't you can only do so many Zoom meetings, it's, yeah, so many phone calls. It's, right. it's challenging. You have to get together and have that direction and have that that guidance that everyone's looking for because there's some people that that can't work from home. They just can't do it. They can't be effective. Right. They right. cannot be effective. They cannot right. work from home. Easily distracted. You know, yeah, they can do laundry. Yeah, watch TV. You know, wash the dishes. Right, catch their latest soap operas. Right, things of that nature. Yeah, right. I'm sure there are people that do soap operas, Carly. No. no, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they, they do. Jeez. <laughs> 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 <Yeah, geez. laughs> I think. Well, I think that. I think the point I want to make is is that I think that we're seeing that that uh, people are getting back to the office, back to work, back into an environment. With, they can collaborate with their other fellow employees, which I think is important too. I mean, I'm an employer. We have people here. We, you know, I I know that my, you know, some people are much more effective at home, and and some people aren't. Like right. like you said, and it depends on when your your home environment too. Your your, your home environment may not pr- provide for you to be able to be effective there. You know, if it's a one bedroom apartment and you got six people living there, you're not going to get much work done. You're not. I'm exaggerating for pur- for purpose, but that's what happens. No, that's true. If you're not comfortable, is it, it? I think the comfortability goes into any work environment that you have. If you don't have a place at home that you can work, yeah, and you're not comfortable, yeah, you're not going to be effective, right? But if you have a, an office that you're comfortable in, you you feel good about how you're handling things there, and all the the boxes are checked of what you like, you're going to be effective there. Yeah, and I think you're right. Employers are building that. I mean, our our office space that we just built next door yeah completely different from what we've built in the past and the reason is is because two things happen one they don't need bigger offices right they don't want bigger offices they they actually wanted smaller offices they wanted more area to feel that everything wasn't congestion right they don't want to see cubicles they want the open spaces you know so that's that's what we've done and we've actually remodeled three of our offices to fit that as much as we could nice yeah, you're trying to create an environment that, that, that makes them a little more comfortable, a little happier. And I, I've got to say that, you know, as, as someone, you know, maybe it's a generational thing, but I love the idea that I'm physically at work, 
or I'm physically at home. One or the other. Right. Not not both. I don't like that overlap. When I go home, I want to be at home and not at work. Not I mean, in my business, I'm always kind of at work. But I like to have that sanctuary every now and then that, you know, step away from the job. And if I'm working at home constantly, I'm, am I ever stepping away from the job? I don't know. That's a challenge, I think. Probably not. Yeah. No, because you're, 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 the work's right there in front of you. It's sitting you know, right in that room, right next door. Whereas when I leave here, this works, you know, it's five miles away. It's not here. Right. So I, I can see why they're building more Class A office space. Yeah. I can see why. I think it's a little bit different of, I think, when you say Class A office space, you know, everyone has this nice building, this this already assumption that's already in their hands. I think it's a little bit different now. I mean, yeah. I think I think the buildings are just different from what we're used to. You're not seeing a lot of four, five, six-story buildings. You're seeing two stories. Right. You're seeing single stories. You're seeing things that have amenities that didn't used to have. Indeed. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just the point. We have a brand-new building here, beautiful open space, a gorgeous office, and a lovely view, and amazing. But we don't have any ping-pong tables or pool tables. I don't understand that. You have a couple lounges out there. I know. We do. We have beautiful lounge areas and stuff like that. But And the other thing is is that for us, in, in my business, you know, it used to be that my, I used to invite my clients into my office, and, right. and I'd meet with them in the office. That really doesn't happen much anymore. I mean, really, we're meeting at a, at a coffee shop or at their home or somewhere else. Uh, to start our business transaction and start working with one another. So rarely well, do they bring them in here. We it, bring them in the here only time that we have customers come in our office is for signings. Yeah. They might drop something off, but they're in the lobby. Right. Right. They might go in and they need to pick up something. They're in the lobby. Signings. We built all our signing rooms off the lobby. Right. So now we've we've shifted everything to the employees in the back and the customers in the front. Yep. So now we can accommodate what everybody wants. Yeah, our new office is more about our employees than it was about the clients. Yes. And that's what it's about. And I think that's appropriate. I think that's, you know, in our business, it's, it's changed. The dynamics have changed. Now, you got you don't really have a home or, or an office, per se, do you, Ben? Or do yeah, you? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with a home office. You're stuck uh, with yeah. You're kind of, yeah, because you don't, it's just, you're a small team. It's just you. Yeah. And your work takes place outside of the office yeah, all the time my, anyway. My mobile office, I'm in my mobile office. <laughs> yeah. Or right. I'm in my home office pretty right. much, too. So. so depending upon the type of work you're doing, guys, look, it's a different story. But yeah, I think that we're yeah, stuck. all of his clients are mobile. Like he has to go to his clients. Yeah. There's yeah, they don't, bring, ha- home they don't bring houses to him to inspect. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a, here's a new concept for you, Ben. You can start doing home inspections through Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Sure. I don't think that's going to work out. Too. Yeah. Hey, can you point the camera at that sink? On? Can you open up that cabinet? <laughs> right. I don't think that's going to work out too. Well. <laughs> we could try it, but I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, okay, so. Uh, but again, the article really is talking about the idea that they're seeing. Com- I mean, it's, it's interesting to me to see and hear that how quickly that's turned back to the idea that people should be working. And I've heard major corporations are making everybody come back to work. I mean, yes. they're not. They're not. They've they've measured the production. They've measured the amount of value they're getting from the employees working at home versus work. And and they've they've decided there's two things. Number one, that we need to collaborate better. We need to be talking to one another face to face. And, and truthfully, and there's too many distractions at home sometimes. And certain people can do it and certain can't. And so that's the, there's the challenge. Hey, listen, guys, we're coming up with another break. We're on a few commercials. Uh, we're going to come back. i got a lot more. i got another article I want to talk about. How about short-term rentals? Do you want to take a chance and run a short-term rental without permits? Hmm. Let's talk about that. We'll be back in just a minute. All right. So I, went, I made that last the whole time. So go ahead and get me out of this one and get me into the other one. Okay, I got it. 
Where is it? Oh, there it is. There we go. Okay. Anything else you guys want to cover? Whatever you want. Let's go play ping pong. Huh? Let's go play ping pong. Let's go play ping pong, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is segment four, isn't it? Okay, segment four. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio, we have Ben Grove and Rick Senemy. We were talking about the the, the increase in, in development and growth in our commercial mar- real estate market. One of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I saw this other article written by Ricardo Torres Cortez in the RJ. This just came out a couple days ago. And we've warned people about this before, guys. Uh, the headline of this is Las Vegas homeowner gets a $180,000 penalty for unlicensed short-term rental. Now, I've, I've spoken about this before, short-term rentals. People know that in general, I'm not a huge fan, just in general. Although I like using them. I don't like having them in, here in Vegas. And what happened with this, this gentleman had a, a, a property in the city of Las Vegas where he was, he, he basically what happened was he had, he had it on Airbnb, he had it out there and he leased it a couple times. The city came to him and said, gee, you can't do that without a permit. You need to get this, that, and the other. He said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. So then he signed, he had somebody sign a two-year lease with him and then that person started doing short-term rentals. So he went to a hearing where he basically said, hey, this isn't me. This is my tenant. Well, your tenant's not allowed to do that, and it's your home, and you're going to control it. So a lot of many people believe he this was a he was trying to avert the penalties by having someone else do it for him, and basically say, "Hey, you you sign this lease, and you do it, and then they won't be able to penalize me." And so he tried to insulate. It didn't work. That uh, he went before a review, and they found him you know found him culpable for this. So he's responsible for an under hundred eighty thousand dollar penalty. For having and and he lost seven to nothing from the city council. I mean, they, nobody believed this guy. Um, and and here's the thing. Okay, look, I understand the nature of wanting to uh, make some money on a home. Maybe you're not getting full utilization out of. It. You say, well, you know, we're going to be away for a couple of months. Let's, let's lease it out for a couple of weeks and make some money out of it. And you say, what's the harm in that? The truth of the matter is, is that we were talking about the office and home. This is the same thing to me, guys. You know, our homes are not should. Should we buy a home for sanctuary? And your neighbors are counting on the idea that that they can have sanctuary at their home. So if you have people renting your house for a week to come to Las Vegas, they're not coming to Las Vegas to play pinochle. They're coming to Las Vegas to party. Unless it's a pinochle convention. Okay, then that's possible, Rick. It's a good point. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for clearing that up. Um, but the point is, is that when you do it here in Vegas, it's different. Vegas, you know, they used to say what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, honestly, the, tr- the truth of the matter is, is I don't know that I want my neighbor leasing their house out on a weekly basis and me subject to whatever whims these people have because they're only going to be there for a week. I, have a ch- I challenge that. I don't, I'm not happy about it. I do understand that you know, people should be able to do what they want with their home. I understand that. But, I, but I'm going to say, is it fair to your neighbors? You know, they bought that house with the idea that they'd have sanctuary. Now they don't. Right. Right? And there are zoning laws. This is where I, I go back to. There are zoning laws for a reason. Do you want to live next to a 7-Eleven? No, I don't want to. 
I mean, maybe I don't have a choice because I financially I can't afford to do otherwise. But if I have a choice, I don't want to live next to a, you know, I don't want to live next to a Seven Eleven. I don't want to have people constantly coming and going next door to my home. And 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 I say I exaggerate for effect, but honest the truth, that's why we have zoning laws. That's why they're there. So can I run a business next door? Can I run? I mean, you're not allowed to really run a business out of your home without. You other have to get a permit. You have to get it approved. Right. I mean, you the have to HOA go. has to say how to say. If you right. have an HOA, forget it. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. So this 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 poor guy, you know, maybe got bad advice from somebody. I would have been telling him, "Gee, you better stop," because I know that the penalty in Clark County was a thousand dollars a day. So, Is that a thousand dollars rented or just as it's listed on the website? No, that's a good question. I'm not certain. I, I believe it's rented. If you rented it out, it was a thousand dollars a day. This guy paid one hundred eighty thousand. I'm not sure what the city process was, but it sounds like it was compounded to it a certain extent. Sounds like it was a lot. One hundred eighty thousand dollars. By the looks of that that house, it's it's not a great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're looking at the house. It's like this is just yeah. a very. It's an older house, probably built in the sixties or seventies. Yeah, it looks like it's been redone. I don't know that the house is worth much more than double that. You know, probably about, probably just under four, maybe in the threes. I'm guessing. I don't know exact location of the house. Uh, but when I look at the photo, I'm like, ooh, you know, that's that's pretty interesting. And and look, guys, just know that, first of all, know there are rules. The important lesson out of this is just know there are rules. Depends on your jurisdiction. The city has a certain set of rules. The county, Clark County proper has a certain set of rules. Henderson has a certain set of rules. And North Las Vegas has a certain set of rules. The other thing about this is, and, you guys, and, I'm, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm ranting a little bit, but I, I need to say these things because they're really important. One of the reasons we do not have state income tax in here in, in Nevada is because of those casinos and those hotels. And if we're going to start attacking their revenue and, and competing with them, I don't like the outcome of that. I don't like the idea that the hotels and casinos say, well, you guys are, you know, you're, you're, you're leasing out your houses and, you're, and you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that. You know what? Why am I paying all your taxes for you? I think yeah. that that's an important, you guys got to think that's about that. I you got to think about that. Let's not go, I mean, yes, they're a very powerful lobby. But they're a very powerful lobby because they pay a lot of money. They, a, a lot of money. A lot of money. Right. Between hotels and gaming and all that stuff, they're paying a ton of money. That's why we don't pay state income tax, guys. Well, on the other side of it, too, is you know you take that away. If it's an unlicensed Airbnb, then they're not paying their fees that they should be paying right. to the government agency. Right. In the resort fees and things like that, when they do rent it, right. and that's less revenue that these agencies are getting, therefore they're going to come back to the people to get money through taxes again. It's unfair competition. You know, the hotel has to pay a certain amount of money. Anybody who's leasing out their home on a short-term basis should have to pay that same thing right. without question. And I know they do. They're required to pay a hotel tax. That's part of the process. And guys know that. So I always get calls from investors from other cities. Hey, Harv, I'd like to get an Airbnb in Vegas. Can I get one? And, I'm, and I have to go through the whole scenario of them say, listen, it's not that easy, first of all. There's limited, limited abilities. And if you're buying anything in an HOA, that's a no. You know, I, there might be a few HOAs that say it's okay, but very, very few. And then, it, and then in every jurisdiction, you need to have a license, and then you need to pay the hotel tax, and you need to do, you know, by the time I'm done, they're like, yeah, never mind. And, and, and they're right. It's not that you can't make money doing it. You can. You can. But you have to be fortunate enough to be one of the early players in this thing to get the right. location. Because, like I know, for instance, in, in Henderson and also in Clark County, you can't be within so many yards or, or of another one. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Henderson, and I'm, my neighborhood is a prime neighborhood for Airbnb. No, no HOA. HOA. Mm-hmm. You know, nice neighborhood in Green Valley. And, and I, 
I'm not openly questioning the city, but I've their process of getting people approved mm. and is is a little questionable. And, and I understand, like right. you know, this is a couple years ago, so I'm not going to beat it down too much. But I mean, we'll get a letter, and I'll get a letter at least one every two months of a home applying, applying and sending out the letter. And I know two of them that are nowhere near a thousand feet apart. Right, the ones down the end of my street, mm-hmm. which we've never had any problems with, so it's it's fine. Good, and ones around the corner, right? And ones within like two doors down from a school, right? So you know, it's not from what we've been told, it doesn't meet the requirements. But again, it's one of those situations. They have the permits; they've done them. You can right. go on their website and see them. Right. Somehow they got approved. Yeah. But there's also been no problems with them either. Well, thank goodness. For and that. that's yeah, well, that's, and that's, that's the other thing where it's kind of like, all right, I'm not going to. Most homeowners aren't going to say anything if there's no issue. Well, here's the thing: I also want homeowners to understand and know: if your tenants misbehave, it's on you. Right. It's not them. They're gone. They're going back to Nebraska. They're yeah. done. They've already had their fun. They're gone, and nobody's going to hold them accountable. They're going to hold you accountable for their actions. So make sure you're careful screening these people. Right. And or Airbnb. Do, and if you do it illegally. And somebody does something. Oh my! You have no recourse against that person because their defense is going to be. I signed this. Yeah, I, you're, yeah. It's illegal. Yeah, it's not an Airbnb. Right. It's illegal. Right. And and we go back to the idea that if you're if you're trying to short circuit the system and end run it, you're exposed up to one hundred eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness! You got, I feel bad for the guy. I do. I feel I feel bad for him. But but I have to. I look. It's it's a lesson, guys. It's a lesson. That's what we do. We teach here. <laughs> That's what we do. We teach. And so we're teaching you guys, be careful about short-term rentals. Just be cautious about them. Um, hey, listen, uh, what, a, what a fun real estate hour today. I mean, it went pretty quick. Any comments on the Ravens in the uh, championship game? You're, 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 any, no, you're, no you comments. I'm, you know, I'm neutral on that. Okay. Uh, you know, go Chiefs. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. i got to thank Mark, our production director. I want to thank Carly once again for doing a great job. And thank our outstanding expert contributors today, that being uh, Ben Grove and Rick Senemy. Uh You've been listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. Uh, next week, we'll have another fantastic hour. For our guests are going to be Mark Stark and John Ingram. Should be a fun week next week. That'll be a lot of fun. If you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, just call me off air or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, that being LV Real Estate Radio. You can like and follow us on social media and our handle being at... LV Real Estate Radio. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us this week. Remember, while we seek to educate, empower, and engage with you, we want you to learn, understand, and then act. We'll meet you on the radio next Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on 101.5 FM or 720 AM KDON.